Marketing Made Easy, the podcast on this episode. There's a lot of sabotage happening um, in business and and in sort of personal relationships and health also. So you might go and binge on a load of food or, you know, there's so many different ways it can show up for people. Now here are your hosts from Get Savvy Club, Anna Geary and Anita Baldwin. Hello, welcome to Marketing Made Easy by the Get Savvy Club. I'm Anita Baldwin and I'm here with Anna Geary. Hello, Anna. How are you? Really well, thank you. Good. Excellent. And um, so we've got another podcast for you and another fantastic guest that we're interviewing. And today it is Natasha Bray, who calls herself a success mastery coach. Um, And basically what that means is she works with people to help them get over whatever blocks they've got that are stopping them being successful in business. Because her theory um, is that often it'll be blocks you've got in your life that if you can just get through them and everybody's got them, um, then that will suddenly help your business get to, you know, wherever you want to be in your business. Um, So she talks about the um, four success saboteurs that she calls them that are the different things that we can get stuck in that are stopping us having the success that we want, um, be that in our business or in our relationships or what have you. Um, So Actually, I'm not going to just tell you all about it before you have to listen to it. So just uh, it's really interesting. Great stuff. And let's get into it. If you're enjoying Marketing Made Easy, the podcast from Get Savvy Club, use your podcast app to rate, review and subscribe. I am a success mastery coach and I help women entrepreneurs mostly to unlock what I call the ultimate up level. Um, And what I mean by that is helping women entrepreneurs to up level financially, emotionally and spiritually. What we tend to do as entrepreneurs is we're very focused on our businesses, of course, and growing our businesses. And sometimes other areas of our life can be sacrificed in that pursuit of the success that we want financially. So um, it's about helping women entrepreneurs grow financially, but also have the balance um, to other areas of their life whilst they're growing. Brilliant. So how do you do that? So it's a little bit um, different um, to, to what a lot of people have probably heard of before. I use a a mix of therapy, coaching and mentoring. That's the simplest way to explain it. Um, I tend to use a mix of spiritual and scientific techniques as well. So if you're a bit more open-minded to the woo, uh, there's a little bit of that involved. I like that you said science as well there, though. So the ones that aren't completely woo, they're like, oh, there's there's something that's backed this up. Yeah, I've got a big background in science and psychology degrees, masters in psychological fields. Um, so the science is really important. But part of my business journey has been embracing my spiritual side more. And as that has happened, I've brought more of that to my work. So it is, oh, I, I'd say, the perfect mix of the science and the spiritual Um, And I usually work with people either one-to-one or in group experiences where we do a lot of deep healing around childhood trauma that is actually affecting their ability to show up fully in their businesses. So someone who would be your ideal client, how do they identify that they've got these blocks and know that you can help them? Because that to me seems like there's a kind of a block in itself, understanding that you could be so much better if you just sorted all this stuff out that you don't even really know that is blocking you and there's someone that can help you. So how does that actually work in reality? This type of understanding of blocks in business has become a lot more um, mainstream or is becoming a lot more mainstream, you know, looking at the mindset and the things that are holding us back in business. But for me, there's um, what I've identified through my own personal journey of growing my business and working with 
thousands of female entrepreneurs over the last few years, um, there's four, what, four very clear what I call saboteur archetypes, success saboteur archetypes. Um, so we've got the overgiver success saboteur. So the way that shows up is we tend to undercharge and overdeliver. Lots of those in our world. Yeah. This is one of the first things we say to our clients. Do you need to increase your prices to be yeah, doing less? Definitely. And, and and these are all things I've experienced myself. And they are things all entrepreneurs experience. But we think that we're the only one who has these problems and there must be something wrong with us. But it's really normal. Um, so there's the, obviously the over-delivering and undercharging aspect. Not being able to say no. So even when when you know someone's going to add extra stress and pressure to you, or it's not really your ideal client, not really someone that you enjoy working with or want to work with, but you'll say yes to everything and you're putting everybody else's needs before your own. Obviously, that affects business in terms of how much money you can earn, how much you enjoy what you do, and affects your life as well because you tend to sacrifice yourself and your own time, personal time, for your business and yeah. your clients. So that's one way I guess you can identify something's going on um, is looking at these different archetypes. There's three others as well. So you've got the imposter success saboteur as well. So the way it shows up is really struggling to trust your decisions in your business. So you're always looking outside for the answers. One of the biggest symptoms of this is you're constantly looking to learn new things rather than actually implementing them. Yeah, I see that yeah. a lot. It's almost like you think, I'll just need, I'll do one more course or I just need one more system <laughs> and then I'll be able to grow my business the way that I want to. And you, you get stuck in what I call the learning without earning cycle where you're just not actually progressing your business. And it's, it's all because of fear. You're scared. You're scared of um, taking action, really, um, and overcoming the fear to put yourself out there in terms of gaining clients um, or increasing your business. These saboteurs, they don't only impact people at the early stages, they impact people at all stages of business. It just shows up in slightly different ways at the different levels. Um, the third one is the outcast success saboteur. And there's almost two levels of this one that I talk about. And this is all around the visibility fears, which, again, I had huge visibility fears that I had to overcome. I don't know about you, ladies. How was that for you when you started your business? Well, I'm a performer. <laughs> I, I can probably relate to it more than Anna, yeah. I love the showing up bit. It's still doing the work bit. That my, and also, like <laughs> for me, the um, I what resonated with what you said there was the overgiving, the kind of not. I'm I'm great at saying no, but that kind of like um, see, it's still even now. I'm just thinking like I thought earlier that you know this Anita that this morning one of our um clients like messaged us on Messenger asking for something. I just answered it because I could answer straight away, and I just thought shouldn't really be answering like uh, that's not really my job to do that thing that they asked really it was more we've got people in our business that are the support that you know they should be going to them there should be a process not me going oh cool I'll do it. you know so I, I can identify myself more in that for me get, turning up showing up is like I've always been able to do that bit just you know just get it. I suppose that's why I know so much about social media is because I just see a button and press it but yeah I, 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 there's other ways that probably manifest and things show up you're going to yeah. make us have a little bit of a therapy session here. <laughs> but, but you're right. But lots and lots of our, our clients do have that. Um, who are they to turn up and, um, you know, be visible? There's always someone 
negative in your life where you think if I start putting myself out there saying this what about what will so-and-so think and what will so-and-so say and there's always that one you know your sister-in-law your ex-boss and and what have you and funnily enough I was listening to a podcast at the weekend and it said something a quote from somebody and I can't even remember who said it and it said which was really interesting it said we're not who we think we are and we're not who others think we are but we are what we think others think we are which is really true, isn't it? Because you assume someone is going to think this of you if you do that. They might not have even said it and they might never even think it, but it stops you doing it and it's not even a real thing. So I guess if you can help people get over that, that's massive for them, isn't it? A lot of people, like you say, people are worried about their friends will think and say, what their family will think and say, or someone they were in school with 20 years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And we've got a lot of that in our programme, actually, because that is a blocker. And if you want to start making money on social media, that's one of the things you've got to overcome. So we, at first it wasn't, but we've made it a big part of what we teach now because it's going to stop you making the money. Yeah, yeah, it's huge, it's huge. And it shows up differently for different people. So there's almost like two levels. There's where you're afraid to be visible at all because you're fearful of the rejection or the perceived judgment that's going to happen from other people. Um, or... You are visible, but you're not really visible as your true self. So it creates yeah. a disconnect in your marketing because you're not being authentic to you. You'll be in who you think people want you to be, which is obviously... Yeah, I'm thinking like Facebook Lives that sometimes people do. And you think, I, I know you, so I know that that ain't you. Do you know, like... And it it's like an extreme example of your telephone voice that you used to have back in the day. <laughs> Hello. I do struggle to understand where people come from that because I'm people often say to me you're just the same like wherever which I am if my mum was sat here now I'd be the same as if you know it, it doesn't but I but it hasn't always been like that to work a lot you know I've been reading I've been into self-help since before it was cool to be so you know and I've from my background that I've got and my brother got bullied a lot and then that transferred to, to me and it's from listening and, and consuming and being in the personal development space for you know, what am I like? I'm like 43 now. And I've been like reading stuff since, I, you know, since I could get my hands on stuff when I was like 14, 15, 16. So it does take time and it does take a while to do it, but it's definitely worth it. You mentioned um, bullying there. Sorry, you went through that experience. Um, but that is one of the biggest, uh, almost like root causes of this fear of visibility. And it's actually a really strong one for me too. And I think, um, in terms of the people who are trying to put on this mask of this is who I am, this this sort of like, like I'm not one of those really bubbly in your face people. So it'd just be really strange if I started trying to show up in that way. Are, I'm here. I know, I'm just like calm and relaxed. So <laughs> I think um, what I've learned from the women that I've worked with who, who are in that kind of place is that it's almost like it's easier to be potentially rejected for someone you're pretending to be. So what are the other success saboteurs? Quite often it's our self-judgment. It's what we believe yeah. that we're going to be judged on um, or that we judge ourselves on because we don't feel good enough in some way and we project that to believe in that other people will think that about us. Yeah. So it's working on what, how you actually feel about yourself so that you Absolutely. feel scared or fearful of judgment from others then. Um so the last one is the hustler success saboteur, which I think, you know, we, um, in terms of how that looks and shows up for people in business, it's the belief that you can't really have it all. So you can, you'll, you'll see like the feast famine cycle with people's income and they have a good month followed by a bad month mm -hmm. or 
the business is going well and then they'll have a massive argument with their partner completely out of the blue. Yeah, because they feel they can't possibly all bits all work all at the same time. Yeah. And usually they're like really hard, hard working. Maybe they've burned out in the past or um, they're on the way to burn out now. Um, one of the common symptoms is having like an income plateau also. You just can't seem to get past that income number no matter how hard you're working. Um, and so there's like, there's a lot of sabotage happening um, in business and and in sort of personal relationships and health also. So you might go and binge on a load of food or, you know, there's so many different ways it can show up for people. But ultimately, it's deep down this belief that I can't have it all. I can't have love, money, health and success. Yeah, I definitely can relate to that one in terms of um, like, mm -hmm. a, a, like a couple of years ago, like um, I always felt like it had to be me that had to make stuff happen. And uh, like I had to just keep I had to work more like and I thought where can I where can I get this more time to to do you know I, it's my fault I need if it's going to be uh, what, what's that saying like if it's going to be it's up to me or something like that and that's how I used to think like I need to do like I need to step up only I can do this and then I it was that a thing we went to Anita with that guy that was a gigolo oh yeah yeah that sounds yeah. really dodgy but it isn't he didn't tell anyone he was a gigolo he, I mean we just researched him afterwards and found this out but um but he was talking about, I'm not on board with the, we're all one yet. I'm not, I've not got that. I'm not that great. But I have got on board of going from, it has to, I've never been in victim mode where it's like, a, oh, it's all happening to me. Everything's wrong, blah, blah, blah. I've never been in that. But I have spent a long time in, it's up to me. Only I can do this. Only I can make this work. And then obviously um, a big shift was uh, working with Anita. And then now understanding that you can't do it all on your own. And even Anita and I know we, we can't do things on our own. We need to now... Um, and we've started collaborating with people and having sorting out an affiliate scheme and stuff. So to, to grow, we need other people. We need to be. And then I think the next thing along in that sort of thing um, is that then you're like, you believe everyone's all one. And I'm, I don't get that bit yet. Maybe I could work on that bit. But I'm definitely away from thinking it has to. I have to just work more and harder and push, push, push. It's essentially the employee mindset, isn't it? You know, yeah. where you have to work hard to. Yeah. Yeah. Job work hard to earn a lot of money and an entrepreneurship's not like that we've got so many opportunities to us and where we can actually start to earn a lot more money with a lot more ease and and yeah they do they come up in transition periods especially so every new level you grow to or if you're about to leave your job to go into your business full-time like all of the fear comes up really strongly at these particular moments um so every up level in your business is a transition period and they do come up again you just you're able to work through them quicker because you're able to recognize them and 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 essentially once you've healed the root of it, uh, which is always based in childhood, um, quite often family home dynamics or school dynamics because that's pretty much all our childhood life. Yeah. Is, of course, um, you're able to just work through them quicker and recognize them quicker, and they don't affect you for as long. You can view it more objectively after a while, I think, when you can recognize it. You can go, well, that's related to that. I know why that's happening. It's not that there's something wrong with me. It's just this process. Yeah, it's completely normal. I always do say, like, awareness is the first stage of change. So if anyone's listening to this and, and these are resonating, um, 
there is a little test uh, that I've got. It's like a free test. You can join my website that will help you identify which one is most impacting you right now. Say if somebody thinks, all right, okay, this is resonating with me. What, like mm. how, what practical, what do you, do you just speak to people? Like, because obviously it's a mixture of different things that you say that you do. What would look, working with you look like? I do one-to-one work. It's usually over a short space of time, so 33 days, but it's very intense, fast-acting work. Did you say 33 days? 33 days yeah that's an unusual amount of time yeah I know I knew that question was going to come up then Um, you know I mentioned the spiritual side earlier oh okay 33 days um 33 in numerology is the number of becoming your authentic self like a spiritual meaning um and that's the journey I believe I'm taking people on because we're healing the wounds that have stopped them just being who they really are so is that every day for 33 days or every week or? Um, it'll be weekly sessions, but there is like a, a transformational audio that they listen to whilst in hypnosis. That okay. we, so we all have wounds and trauma in our childhood. For some people, it's what we call big trauma, like, um, you know, abuse and, and bullying and loss of a parent, whether that's divorce or, or, or through death. You know, like what they're things that we consider big traumas or, or trauma with a big t as we would describe it and then there's what we call trauma with a little t so like not feeling good enough not feeling like you fitted in in school lots of different ways that it can show up and ultimately we've all felt not good enough not worthy not loved or powerless or helpless at some point in our life and that is what creates what I call a trauma imprint which is affecting us now still as an adult so it's uncovering those and then going through the process to actually address them so that the person can move forward. What can we do to uh, make sure that our kids don't have trauma? I've, I've got two kids and they're, they're so, so different. And um, my, my daughter is older, like she's she's 14 now, my son's eight. But my son is like, like great at football. He's great. And I feel she's proper jealous of him at times. And she, does, she even admits it. She'll say like, oh, he's jealous, you know, because he's so likable and... You know, just everybody just likes him. He is fantastic at football. He's just, and you know, and she's great. And she has loads of loads of loads of positives um, for her as well. But I don't know. I just still feel she has this kind of, like, ah, you know, like she's so jealous of him for no reason because they're different genders, they're different stages of their lives. It's really weird. It's just like interesting to know if there's anything we can do to, to help or whether we just wait till they get to 18, 19 and send them to you. <laughs> the americans have got it right when they say like everybody needs therapy i think that's true yeah ultimately um i think as long as a child feels loved and and they've got a safe home environment they build a different level of resilience to what a lot of us you know i work with a lot of women personally i went through a lot of abuse in my childhood and i work with a lot of women who are also abused and I don't think our child, our children will be affected in quite the same way as we were by little things because we didn't have that um, safe home environment and a, a loving relationship with the parent that helped us build the resilience to those little knocks that come yeah. up. In terms of your daughter, 14 is a difficult age, yeah. you know, you are starting to compare yourself a lot to other people in the world. I would say there's maybe a little feeling of not good enough not because anyone's made her feel that way. It's her own comparison of herself to her brother. And so looking at how you can make her feel more loved and enough, 
Um, one of the things is looking at what we call the five love languages. I don't know if you've heard of this before. Yeah, I have heard of that, yeah. Basically, this is the only thing that I've took from listening to what I've heard about that is the fact that I am somebody that just, I don't need gifts or anything like that. I just yeah. need, like, if I'm with someone, I'm just happy to just them to not talk to me. <laughs> just sit and watch, like, TV in silence. <laughs> Does that sound weird? Yeah, we all have a different um, love language that most resonates with us, most makes us feel good and loved. Yours sounds like quality time. Yeah. Uh, some people, it's words being told how good they are, how loved they are, praise, you know, for children. Um, this gift, which you said is like low on your love language yeah. list. Um, Acts of service, which is doing things for, like... Oh, yeah, that's what I like. Going yeah. with coffee in the morning and that. Yeah. That's I love the bins out. It's like, yes, I really yeah. love yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, yeah. I'd love someone who did that. It's very weird, but it does happen occasionally. <laughs> we have a passive-aggressive standoff here where I think I'm not putting it out. And then uh, I think my husband forgets. I don't think he's even in the game that I'm playing. And then, so I leave it and leave it. And then I think, oh, it's not going to get emptied. And I put it out and I'm stroppy. And he's still completely oblivious to it all. There's one more then than that's physical touch. So hugs, kisses, physical affection. Um, but there's love language for children as well. So this is resonating with, every, with anyone listening. There is a book called The Five Love Languages for Children. And it's just about... Um, Making sure that you are using your child's love language with them, which might be different to your love language. Yeah. What a lot of my work, um, for people who haven't necessarily been through abuse, what I find is a lot of my clients didn't, they knew they were loved, but they didn't feel loved. Mm. And that's created a deep belief. I'm not, I'm not lovable unconditionally. I'm not enough unconditionally. Yeah. And it, what, what usually was happening was their parent was showing them love in their love language and it was different to their child's love language and so the parents thought they were showing their child love for all of these years um but it was like a miscommunication of love language where it wasn't fully deeply resonating with the child receiving it i think children had a lot less power when i was growing up it was almost that you know that children should be seen and not heard and it wasn't like kind of that austere obviously but it was you know you you did as you you were told and when you were told it, whereas now I try and tell my kids what to do and they start negotiating with me. And I'm like, no, I'm not changing my mind. And they'll still come back at me. And I'll just think, oh, yeah, OK, you have, a, you have a lot more say and a lot more power these days somehow. So if it's 33 days, like, is that it for people? That is phenomenally quick. That's it? Done? Or do, do you continue with them? Or? I very much like to only work with people for short amounts of time mm -hmm. to give them a chance to then go and integrate and uh, grow from that I'm not I, I'm not really someone that likes to work with people long term I like them to become independent maybe is the, yeah is the, so that you you yeah. don't you it's no good you being their next like crutch is it like I, I guess yeah. do you know what I mean like they're gonna yeah. lean on you next if, if you can get in fix them get out then that's <laughs> ideal isn't it really so how yeah. long is your group program my signature program is the Ultimate Up Level Academy, and it takes people through healing all the four different success saboteurs. It's a six-month program. So each saboteur has got six weeks. And yeah, Do they go through that all at the same time, or can they just kind of just join whenever and go through it in their own time, or are you all going through it together? We all go through it together, partly because it's very deep therapeutic mm. work. It's almost like I, I create like a safe container that's supported by myself and my team as they're going through those healing experiences. 
I kind of promote it as the deepest inner work you'll ever do uh, in, a, in an online course as well. So because we do uncover things that sometimes people haven't even realized about their past, like a lot of people don't realize they've been through things like emotional abuse yeah. or they don't realize the impact a certain person has had on them and that is still affecting them now. There's a lot of um, grief sometimes when you when you have that realization that you're, you didn't really have the childhood that you wanted to have, essentially. So because of the depth of that kind of work, I don't like to let people go through that alone without yeah. support. I do have some sort of less intense self-study options for, for people, um, more surface but still transformational, but that the deep, deep stuff's kept for the supported container within the academy. But is it just enough to understand where your thinking and behavior comes from i.e your childhood and then that's like solved and you can go on and be different or is there some more stuff you have to do to get around that so say fear of visibility is your problem and it's linked to stuff that happened in the past if you just understand that is that you suddenly it can go and be visible or is there other work you know there is a shift that happens just from understanding and identifying where the root cause comes from but you actually then have to feel that yeah. So it's not just enough. It is the first stage, but it's not enough alone. What you need to do then is actually help rewire the faulty thinking that developed at the time of that experience, heal the relationship. So, you know, maybe you never felt loved from your fa- by your father, for example, but you've never admitted that to yourself until you've gone into this sort of therapeutic process. We can use it in the situations where you have conversations with that person either within hypnosis or through a process called therapeutic letter writing, where you get to release your hurt and your anger that you might have towards that person. One of the biggest issues with this preventing people from fully healing from their past and stepping into their full potential is buried anger. And not to go into too much of the science side of it, but there's something we call the grief cycle. And the final stage of the grief cycle is acceptance. And acceptance is more powerful than forgiveness, in my opinion. And that's what I'm always working towards with my clients. But anger is the second stage of the cycle. And lots of people are stuck in anger. They don't realize it because it's not socially acceptable to express anger. Or you're told off as a child. If you ever feel angry, you learn that you're not allowed to express it. So almost like the biggest healing you can have is actually being able to express that anger in a healthy way, of course, so that you can actually finally move on from the past rather than repress and suppress your emotions around it. Yeah, like you said, like the Americans have got it right. Like everybody Mm. needs to go. I always think everybody's messed up in some way. And if you believe that somebody isn't, it just means that you don't know them well enough yet. (laughs) Everybody that I know like well enough, you know that they've got issues in X, Y, Z, in something. And yeah, we can always be working towards um getting over them and I, I like that the acceptance and is is key and it's a shame that a lot of people never actually get to that they're just stuck and they, they don't know why they are because they're just not accepted well they don't know that. that they are some people just live their entire life hmm. not knowing or understanding that life can be different um and it was actually when I first started having therapy for my past um and I'd been into mindset before that but when I had first had therapy, and because one of the ways mine was showing up is I couldn't have long-term relationships uh, because of my past of going through abuse and, and bullying, severe bullying. And 
I had therapy around there because I was in a relationship that I wanted to last. (laughs) I've got this curse where my relationships are last. I need to work on this. And I was working on that and having therapy for my past when my business started to like rapidly grow. And that's when I made the connection between healing yourself and and getting better business results. I wasn't actually trying to get good, uh, trying to increase my income or anything like that in the business at that particular point. I was just working on myself and healing my past trauma. And that was March 2018. So almost three years ago, my business has grown from 3K months to six-figure and multi-six-figure months now. Amazing. Because you and I were both in um, Denise Duffield Thomas's um, boot camp mm. world, aren't we? And I've seen some of your posts in there. I'm thinking, oh, my God. <laughs> it sounds like this lady's gone from it. Because I, I remember your story of, like, you know, you're a social worker. Like, you know, yeah. you learn more, like, now that um, perhaps you would have earned in, like, a year. Like, just, in, in uh, like, we know it's not all about money. But, you know, yeah. it, it makes it's huge for you, your lifestyle, how you are, how you can show up for the world, if you can take those massive leaps and it it's weird because what you said there like you'd always worked on your mindset and I used to be so guilty of this um on like if I ever went on a course or any program when they go like oh there's a big bit of it it's mindset mindset and I always used to think to myself yeah 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 I'm on board with that mindset stuff don't need to worry about me with that I've done loads of mindset I know I know I know that I know that and then it was only when I went to um I, I met this woman by chance at this rotary meeting that would, was really ill and she could no and she'd been through all this thing where she'd been really ill and, and she didn't know what it was and she was at a wit's end and then she uh, went to do some uh theta healing i think that's how you pronounce it and um and i was like entranced by a story and then now she does theta healing so i was like theta healing so i was like i need some of that so i went i went to see her and um i'm one of the like i was really like let's see, see what this is about and it was it was brilliant it was absolutely brilliant and literally shortly after that is when me and anita started working together and it's yeah. like you and you, you might think like some people go oh it's coincidence but i think mm, probably not actually um because yeah. some of the things that she did i was a bit like that's a bit woo that's a bit but i went with it because i was like do you know mm-hmm. i like this woman something about uh just her story everything you know and uh yeah it was great so i need to go back and get some more theta healing actually but um, yeah, so it just goes, and and I would say at that stage, I was at that bit where I was like, only I can do it. I'm hustling, I'm hustling, I'm going to do it. I need to, because at the time, I think I had like the recruitment business, and I think I was doing property sourcing, bit of network marketing, loads of, and silly really adding another thing by we were just going to create one one off <laughs> yeah. online course. And then obviously, it's been created into going all in to get Savvy Club. And I remember at the Theta Healing before I even started doing this, the woman was like, you know, and I was like, no, you don't get it. I need to do this, this. And she was like, you don't, you don't, you don't. Why do you think you need to have the answers? What, you know, how big is your ego thinking you, you know, it's all up to yeah. you. Why would you think? And I was like, but it, but it is, you don't get it. You don't get it. Because obviously, you know, she was quite a well-to-do woman. And I was thinking, you don't understand my background. Like, I don't have like, you know, yeah. dad with tons of money or whatever, you know. I- but also I think when you're a mom and a single mom, it is all on you. And you then just like you know project that out to the whole world and think everything's on you I do the same and it is ridiculous and it is an ego thing as well isn't it so we we always ask two questions on the get savvy club uh, podcast uh, one is what makes not as if we haven't already learned this in this whole episode anyway but one of the questions that we ask is what makes you savvy and you can answer that however you however which way you want so I believe that I've managed to grow the business that I have now organically as a single parent as well to a toddler 
with absolutely zero background in business. And this is where obviously you come in all through social media marketing. Yeah. Um, and so when I think about being savvy, I like I genuinely believe now that that I will always be able to make money thanks to organic marketing, social media marketing. Um, so I don't know if that's a good enough answer. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but it's kind of our whole ethos as well. well that's when we get somebody on and they go, what's makes you so? Oh, well, all these uh, systems. No, no, <laughs> organic. <laughs> Facebook ads. No, that doesn't make you savvy. So, yeah, using uh, social media organically, it's got to be the, you know, the, the, the yeah, best. There's um, so much power in that. You have touched on, you've given us one great book recommendation, but um, we always ask for a book recommendation. Um, if you've got another one, uh, you know, uh, book on business or mind uh, business marketing self-help in, in some way um, that you could recommend for us so um I know I was trying to think of this earlier actually there's one that's um I don't know if you've heard about you might have actually on next your own money boot camp profit first yeah profit first obviously um to help you just better manage your money and make sure that you're paying yourself in business because so many people don't they mm. have the overgiver archetype and the mm. hustle archetype stopping you actually earning a decent income for yourself um yeah. well it's hard to say his surname isn't it is it mike i know that was the thing that put me <laughs> and no one's gonna recommend your book mate because no one can pronounce mike, your surname like yeah. something yeah mike with an m <laughs> I think he even said you can even put in like a Mike mo motorcycle Mike or something <laughs> because then you can find him. But um, but we will get the link to you know we'll, we'll share that to people anyway. We always give away the book that people recommend. And to be fair, I am a massive advocate for the profit first way, and I never never really understood when people used to say pay yourself first and never got it. So like, what do you mean? You got to make the money for like you know what what you're talking about? But whereas now, probably the first um you know nine months of our business we didn't run it the profit first way and we were kind of just you know um just going out there and doing it not really and then kind of half looking at what money was here and whatever whereas now we have you know the proper structures in place that he teaches so on the 10th and the 25th is the days that we we will pay people the invoices and it's the day that we will look at what where we're at what we've made put things in the different pots so yeah it's really it's 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 a really great way of um and I'm going I'm looking to do a similar thing in my personal life as well in some way um yeah. but um obviously that's a little different but yeah with with get savvy club we're, we're doing we're we're doing that and it just makes it you know when people email and they say oh you know I've got this invoice yeah well it's the 10th and the 25th and now people just know that as well I know that sounds like the most basic thing but just makes you feel more in control doesn't it and I, and I did have to physically read the book like twice and listen to the audio like three or four times before I actually took the action that you're told to do in there but it was definitely worthwhile doing yeah. I remember reading the book thinking five banger guys no I can't be bothered to yeah. say that it, it totally put me off doing it for a while well, with, with starling with, with starling you don't have to actually have the bank you can have they've got like a space pot. where you can put like different spaces and pots to put things so um you can it get it's so worth it because so i you know i think what we see quite a lot in business um is people who are even like multi-six-figure six-figure even seven-figure earners who haven't got profit in their business 
and also not only that like you might have like you said with the different um you might have one great month one bad month some people have a great year then a bad year and then that tax bill is coming <laughs> from that great year isn't it so yeah. and i would imagine that's affected covid has probably affected people like i was thinking of those people that do a lot of events um physical events where they they rock up they speak from the stage then they sell loads those people if they have the tax bill to pay from before this year they've probably tried to do a bit online and if they hadn't already we I mean all of us were already in the online space anyway it didn't make much difference but if you've so used to flying to somewhere talking from the stage making thousands of pounds from that and then you know that's not part of your business anymore and you can't run the physical events anymore they've still got that tax bill to pay and if they hadn't been running their business the profit first way they won't have that money to pay that tax bill or, you know, or when they get that registered and they're like what's that even mean and they haven't you know got that in in mind of what what they're doing with it or understanding so it's yeah it, but when we interviewed um Jarrett robbins tony mm. robbins son um, he was telling us that when he started out, he got loads of events and he went, travelled all around America for a year and he did like 60 odd events and was smashing it and it was great. And then at the end of the year, he um, met with his accountant who said, you made a loss. You might as well have stood and stared at the wall for a year. You would have made more money or you'd have lost less money. And he was like, what? <laughs> so just not even looking at your money. <laughs> That's Tony Robbins. Do you know what I mean? Like. If we can make that mistake, I've got loads of people who have had that big tax bill or VAT bill that they haven't got the money for, and you're just constantly stressed in that sort of fight or fight stress response in your business, which is not the best. So the best way for people to find you then is where would you where would you like us to direct them? Um, um, Facebook, yeah, Facebook or my website. So if you fancy doing the five minute saboteur assessment you can find it on my website www.natashabray.co.uk um on facebook as well as at natasha bray coach or you can find me personally and connect i like to network um natasha lee bray if you're enjoying marketing made easy the podcast from get savvy club use your podcast app to rate review and subscribe awesome so that is another podcast guest episode wrapped up for you Natasha is super interesting I followed her for a while actually um just kind of you know how you end up just happening to be friends with people on Facebook and we're in similar uh, we're both in Denise Duffield Thomas's group um boot camp money boot camp mindset boot camp thing so I've seen her kind of growth and yeah it's always always really interested in me so as always please rate review subscribe to the podcast if you are interested in well course you're interested you want to get to know more about profit first if you want to win a copy of profit first screenshot the episode and tag us on social media with that screenshot and then you can be in with a chance of winning profit first from the guy that nobody can pronounce his surname mike mccallowski something like that i bet he can do it he can he does it a number of times in his audiobook and i still cannot say it again um and he bless him he does apologize for it which he shouldn't have to but you know Mike is great, profit first. So yeah, screenshot that, um, rate, review the podcast and you might be able to a chance of winning it. And we will see you on Thursday, no doubt, for a Get Savvy Cookie. See you all later. Bye. Bye. That was Marketing Made Easy, the podcast from Get Savvy Club. If you enjoyed it, join our Facebook group. Just search Get Savvy Club.